0: Good morning, everyone. If you'll please stand with us. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. I raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief i raise a hallelujah my weapon is a melody i raise a hallelujah heaven comes to fight for me and i'm gonna sing in the middle of the storm louder and louder You're going to hear my praises roar up from the ashes. Hope will arise. Death is defeated. The King is alive. I raise a hallelujah with everything inside of me. I raise a hallelujah. I will watch the darkness flee, I raise a hallelujah, in the middle of the mystery, I raise a hallelujah, fear you've lost your hold on me, and I'm going to see in the middle of the storm louder and louder you're gonna hear my praises roar up from the ashes hope will arise death is defeated the king is alive sing a little louder 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 louder than the unbelievable sing a little louder weapon is oh sing a little louder Sing a little louder In the presence of my enemy. Sing a little louder Louder than the unbelief Sing a little louder My weapon is a melody Oh, sing a little louder When heaven comes to fight for me Sing a little louder And I'm gonna sing In the middle of the storm Louder and louder, you're going to hear my praises roar. Up from the ashes, hope will arise. Death is defeated, the King is alive. I raise a hallelujah. I raise a hallelujah. I raise a hallelujah I raise a hallelujah I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemy I raise a hallelujah that's louder than the unbelief. I raise a hallelujah
1: Amen, amen, amen. I do pray this morning as we gather that your hearts are full, as we've just had a week of thanksgiving, and as we transition into this Christmas season, right, we do gather to raise a hallelujah. And so I pray that you came this morning with that right heart and and right attitude. Uh, Before we continue to worship some more together, would you take a moment and welcome those around you? All right, you may return to your seats. You may be seated. You may have a seat. Well, again, good morning. Welcome to uh, Northside Baptist Church. We're so thankful that you're here uh, with us this morning, uh, this Sunday after Thanksgiving. If If this is your first time with us, we're delighted to have you. Uh, As our guest, we would love for you to let us know that you're here. There's a couple ways you can do that. One, there's a connection card out there at the welcome desk. You can pick one of those up and fill it out, or there's a QR code inside the bulletin. You can scan that um, and then fill out that information online. Uh, We would really, really appreciate uh, that. If you have any questions, this is your first time, we would uh, love to help uh, answer any of those. We can, if we can pray for you, please don't hesitate to let us. No. Uh, so just a couple things as we transition out of Thanksgiving into the Christmas season. Uh, one, today should have been the first Sunday of Advent. It is the first Sunday of Advent. It's not going to be for us because I kind of dropped the ball this week on some of that. So next week, we're going to actually light two candles to catch up, um, but we'll, we'll make do nevertheless. Um, so just if, if you're used to the Advent and like, man, where, why aren't we lighting candles uh, that's why. Second, shoe boxes. Shoe boxes are due back today. Some of you maybe didn't finish your shoe box. That's my family. So thankfully you have one more week. You can bring them back next Sunday. If you haven't grabbed some shoe boxes, there's still some empty ones. You can fill up some more on the week, uh, this week. I counted this morning before Sunday school, we had over 80 boxes. I know more got brought in, so I'm not sure the total count, but we'll give you an updated count um, next week. And so just continue to pray for those shoe boxes. Uh, Jim, he, stands shared with me earlier that he's been on, on the other end, the receiving end where in actually giving the boxes to the kids. And he said, man, the, the pictures, the videos don't even do that justice. I don't know if anybody else has had a chance to be on that end of it. Um, I, I've never had that opportunity, but it's pretty cool that the, some people in the church have. And so that, so that's awesome. And so if you haven't filled the shoe boxes yet, uh, do that. One other thing, As we come into this Christmas season, today begins the week of prayer uh, for the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. So inside your bulletin should have been one of these. This is a prayer guide for this week. Every day there's something specific you can be praying for. And so our goal as a church this year um, is $7,500. So that's going to be our goal. You can give this morning. You can give throughout the entire month of December. Envelopes are there somewhere. In the chair, hopefully in front of you, there should be two or three per row. I encourage you, I do this every year. I've done this for many years. If you're not prepared to give today, that's fine. But take an envelope home, put it somewhere you can see it, and be praying this week Lord, how would you have me to give generously and sacrificially towards missions? We also have our manger up here. Uh, This is for our kids. So as we sing a couple more songs here in just a moment, at some point during that, kids, if you want to bring some cash or some change, Hit your parents up, or your grandparents. While we're singing, you can just bring that money up and put it in the manger. So kids, you have an opportunity um, to do that. We will have a video each Sunday, so check out this video, and then we'll have a time of prayer.
2: It's been a tough year. Famine and disease. Political strife. Security barricades have apparently been breached outside the Capitol building. Economic hardships. Natural disasters. It's been a tough, hard, relentless year. But the challenges of today do not define us. We know the glorious and victorious ending to the grand narrative that transcends the earth. All time, all things. The loudest voices may take the day, but the meek shall inherit the earth. Disease and pandemic may ravage but he will wipe away every tear. Lockdowns and travel bans may ensue, but his purposes cannot be thwarted. Men and women may fail morally, spiritually, miserably, but the light overcomes the darkness. The heartbeat of God's people is the vision he's given us in Revelation 7, verses nine and 10. After this, I looked and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation from all tribes and peoples and languages standing before the throne and before the lamb clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice salvation belongs to our god who sits on the throne and to the lamb hear the echoes of the saints who have gone before us the giants whose shoulders we now stand upon. It's a groundswell of ascent, a solidarity born of one accord, a consensus worthy of pursuit. We are united for the sake of this cause to see the world transformed by the gospel. The name of Jesus proclaimed in every corner of the earth. We will not let the hands, the voice, the lies of a defeated enemy divide us. Together, we will advance the kingdom of God. We give ourselves to this mission every day. Let's pray.
1: Father God, we stand at this moment in history. In between, Father, the first coming of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and awaiting His second coming. Father, as we enter into this Christmas season, a time of the year that we set aside, Lord, to focus in on the first coming of Christ, the birth of the Messiah, as we will sing Christmas carols in just a moment, as we will hear these songs sung and played on the radio and in the stores, as people will talk about Christmas, and count down the number of days, Father, we pray this time of the year that our focus will be upon Christ and that first Advent. We also pray that our hearts are focused upon the return of Christ. That Jesus, you are coming for your bride. You are coming for your people. But until that day comes, Lord, we must be reminded that we are to be a people who are sent. A people who go, who declare the name of Jesus Christ to everyone that we meet. Lord, that we would be a people who pray, a people who give, and a people who are even willing to go to the ends of the earth. So that people who have never heard the name of Jesus will hear the name of Jesus for the first time. That These places that are hard to reach... Father, that more and more people may get there with the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Father, for our missionaries, as we have a week of prayer this this week, and as we're going to be praying for missionaries in specific places around the world, Lord, we know that you are a God who is able, as we're going to talk about this morning. So, Lord, you are a God who can do far more abundantly than all that we could ask or think. So, Lord, we pray that you would do it. God, do it for your glory and your honor, we pray. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, if you'll stand, let's sing some Christmas songs together.
0: It came upon the midnight clear, that glorious song of old. From angels bending near the earth To touch their hearts of gold Peace on the earth, goodwill to men From heaven's all-gracious King The world in solemn stillness lay To hear the angels sing Still, through the cloven skies they come, with peaceful wings unfurled, and still their heavenly music floats o'er all the weary world. Above its sad and lonely plains, they bend on hovering wing, and ever o'er. The blessed angels sing; for lo, the days are hastening on by prophets' parts foretold. When, with the ever-circling years, comes round the age of gold, when peace shall over all the earth its ancient splendors fling and the whole world gives back the song which now the angels sing yet with the woes of sin and strife the world has suffered long beneath the angels strain have rolled two thousand years of wrong and man at war with man is not the love song which they bring oh hush the noisy men of strife and hear the angels sing oh hush the noisy men of strife and hear the angels sing. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel. And mourns in lowly exile here Until the Son of God appear Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel Shall come to thee, Thou day, spring, come and cheer our spirits by thine advent here; disperse the gloomy clouds of night. Death dark shadows put to flight. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. O come thou, wisdom from and order all things far and nigh to us the path of knowledge show and cause us in her ways to go rejoice Emmanuel Shall come to thee, O Israel O come, desire of nations Bind all peoples in one heart In peace, strife, and quarrels cease Fill the whole world with heaven's peace Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel Shall come to thee, O Israel Come to the O Israel. Thank you. You may be seated.
1: Thank you, choir. All right, so Children's Church, K through second grade, you remain in here. Third, three and four-year-olds, you all head out at this moment. So if you're in our younger Children's Church, you all are going to go out. Our older kiddos are going to hang out in here with us today. Everybody else will take their Bibles and turn to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. We are going to finish the first half of this letter, this morning. So Ephesians chapter 3, we're going to read verses 14 through 21, so I'll give you a moment to turn there. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 21, as we're going to see indeed this morning how great our God is. So if you have a copy of God's Word, would you please stand in honor of the reading of God's holy and inspired Sufficient authoritative word for us. Beginning in verse 14 of chapter 3. This is the word of the Lord. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory He may grant you to be strengthened with power through, through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. Here's the big truth that I want you to see This morning, it is simply this, that our God is able and he will help his people. Our God is able and he will help his people. I remind you that as we come to this this last section here in Ephesians chapter 3, that Paul is praying for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. And we talked last week that if you wanted to boil down Paul's prayer into two words, it would be love and power. And so last week we looked at love, that we are to be rooted and grounded in love, that we are to know the breadth and length and height and depth of of the love of God. And God's love for us is the motivation for us to carry out the commands of chapters 4, 5, and 6. The other word is the word power. That Paul here is praying, verse 16, that we would be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being. He's praying for power God is able. He is all powerful. So this past week, my family spent some time uh, in the Bradenton Beach area. My parents have a condo down there, and so just the four of us uh, were hanging out, and we went to the beach a couple days, and we were there, and the weather was just perfect. Let me just, let me just brag on God for a minute, right? So we were there. Malachi and I went one uh, afternoon standing um, in the sand as the, the water, which was cold, was washing up and hitting our feet, and and it was like mid-70s, very little breeze, The sun, no clouds in the sky, the sun just shining over this clear water, and Malachi and I are just standing there, and, and right, I began to talk about the bigness and the greatness of God. Looking out over the water and just seeing that God created this. And I began to think about just stories in the Bible where we see God's power over the water, right? We start with the fact that He created it. He created this, this beautiful thing that we were looking at. We, we, we think of, of God taking the water and turning it into blood. Or God, and Malachi and I were talking, I was like, man, can you imagine right now if God just parted this ocean? And, and that's, what the, that's what the Israelites got to see, God parting right the Red Sea and delivering the Israelites through safely and then drowning the Egyptian army. You fast-forward to the New Testament, you you think of Jesus as He takes the water and turns it into wine. Or, right, you think of Jesus calming a storm by simply speaking, peace be still. Or Jesus walking on the water. So as I was standing there looking at this water, God was reminding me as I had been thinking about this message, that I am all-powerful. And you see my power on display throughout the Scriptures, so this morning, I just want us to consider God is able. right? God is able. I want you to notice five things about our God. As we think about Paul's praying for this power, we need to know who, God is, who Paul's praying to. The first thing I want you to notice is Paul is praying to God the Father. He says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. That God is our Father. He loves His children. He protects His children. He provides for His children. Paul is praying that the good and great Father will grant us to be strengthened with His power. You know these verses, but listen to Luke 11, 11 11-13. Jesus says, What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Right. So so Jesus is saying, look, our Father is a good, gracious Father. He gives good gifts to His children, including the Holy Spirit gives to his children so our god who is able is father but our god is also creator verse 15 from whom every family every family the scriptures are clear right the scriptures recognize paul recognizes not only that god is father but that he is creator he is the creator of everything the creator of all living beings psalm 100 verse 3 says know that the lord he is god it is he who made us Who made you? God, the Creator, made you, and we are His. But not only is He Father, not only is He Creator, Paul also says He is ruler. He says, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. God has given a name and an identity to all the families on the earth. Whoever lived, who are presently living, and who will live. God has made them and God has named them. Psalm 22, verse 28 says, For kingship belongs to the Lord, and He rules over the nations. Not just the nations, but the families. So He is Father, He is Creator, He is Ruler. Paul also tells us this God who is able has unlimited resources. He says, verse 16, that according to the riches of His glory, the riches, the wealth, right? God's resources are endless. They never run out. Somebody say amen. They never run out. So to whom does Paul pray? Paul is praying to God the Father, Creator, Ruler, with unlimited resources. And for what does Paul pray? He prays that they would be strengthened with power. Now look at this. The next thing I want you to notice is that God who is father, creator, ruler with unlimited resources, Paul also tells us indwells his people. Look what he says. That he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit and in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I want you to notice here in verse 16 and 17 that power and the spirit are linked together. When he prays, that we will be strengthened with power, it is through His Spirit. Acts chapter one, verse 8, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. First Thessalonians chapter one verse five. Because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. So this power that Paul is praying for for believers, he links it to the Spirit of God, Who is in our inner being. Notice also that inner being and hearts are linked together. He says that he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. So, inner being and hearts are linked together. Now, this is significant because our culture places primary emphasis upon the physical or the outer person. That's the world's emphasis. It's what do you look like on the outside? Right? Do this and you will be stronger. Do this and you will be prettier. Do this and you will be skinnier. It's focusing on the outside. But what Paul understands is we must give attention to the inner being. And so he says the Spirit, right, in our inner being, and Christ dwells in our hearts. So, Paul prays that we will be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. We also need to understand that spirit and Christ are linked together, right? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. That Christ indwells his people through his spirit, the Holy Spirit. Phillips, in his Bible translation, writes this Our hearts are his home, our bodies are his temple. Now, notice Paul here is not praying for physical miracles. A lot of times when we gather and we do our prayer meetings, our focus is upon those who are sick and those who need healing and those who need to be made well. Now, there's nothing wrong with praying for that. But that's not what Paul's praying for here. Paul is concerned that we would know that Christ dwells in our hearts through His Spirit. And through that, that we would know the power that is ours. Look what he says. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Church, I have good news for you on this last Sunday in November, and that is this. Jesus Christ is alive. Amen? Amen. He is alive and He is ruling and reigning at the right hand of God the Father. But He is also alive and indwells you. He is alive in you through His Spirit. Christ is alive. He's alive. And Paul wants us to know that. And so he prays that you and I would know that Christ may dwell in our hearts. Now this is interesting. Paul could have used a couple different Greek words here when he talks about dwelling. Dwelling in our hearts. He could have used the Greek word per oikeo, -oikeo. That means to abide or inhabit. But instead, he uses the Greek word katoikeko, which means to settle down. To live permanently. He's not saying that Christ lives in you temporarily, but rather he uses the Greek word that says Christ lives in you permanently. He takes up residence in you, notice what he says, through faith, through faith, right? Not through works. We're not saved by works. We are saved through faith. And when we are saved, when we believe upon the name of Jesus Christ, through His Spirit, indwells us. That means that Christ is to be at the very center of our life. That when you give your life to Jesus, Christ becomes a permanent resident within you. He lives within you, and He is to exercise His rule over all that we are and all that we do. Listen to what D.A. Carson writes. He says, When Christ, by His Spirit, takes up residence within us, He finds a moral equivalent to trash black and silver wallpaper and a leaking roof. He sets about turning this residence into a place appropriate for him, a home for which he is comfortable. When a person takes up long-term residence somewhere, their presence eventually characterizes that dwelling. And when Christ first moves into our lives, he finds us in bad repair. And it takes a great deal of power to change us. And that is why Paul praise for power. He is transforming us into a house that pervasively reflects his own holy character. So as we begin to transition into chapters 4, 5 and 6, that this is how you are to live your life. This is how you are to live in a in a in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Difficult, hard truths that talk about marriage to talk about our sexuality, that talks about how we are to live in the church and how we are to treat one another, we have to understand that apart from the Spirit of God transforming us, we will never be able to live out these commands of chapters 4, 5, and 6. So what does Paul pray? He prays that you and I would be strengthened with His Spirit in our inner being as Christ dwells in our hearts. He is able. God is able and he will help his people. Drop down to verse 20 and look what Paul says. Now to him who is able. Now here's what Paul's doing. Paul begins this letter with a doxology, with praise. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. He begins with praise and he, as he wraps up this first section, chapter 3, he ends again with a doxology. Now to him who is able able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. Notice four things about verse 20. Notice first of all, these will be on the screen, that God is able. Look what Paul does. He's praying that we would be strengthened through his spirit. That's his prayer. And then in verse 20, he says, now to the God who is able. He's like, I'm praying this prayer for you because I know my God is able to strengthen you with His Spirit and to empower you. That our God is able to do. Church, He's not dead. Amen? Our God is not weak. Amen? Our God is not idle. He is able to do this morning, right now. He is actively working in your life. He's actively working, hear me parents, in your children's lives. You may not see it. You may not understand it, but He's doing it. He's at work in your family. He's at work in this church. He is at work in our country. Even though you may not see it. He is doing something. He's at work in the world. God is able to do. Look what He says. Now, to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask, God is able to do what we ask. Hear me. God hears and answers your prayers. God hears and he answers your prayers. He's able to do what we ask. If you're asking, it means he's hearing, he's listening, and then he's able to do it. God is able. God will help you. God will help you. Listen, somebody said this years ago, and I have to be reminded of this so often, that God has answered every single prayer you have ever prayed with a yes, a no, or a wait. Every prayer you've ever prayed, He has answered. Sometimes it's yes. Sometimes it's a resounding no. This is not my will for you. And other times it's wait. You have to wait upon the Lord. He answers those prayers we must ask. And so here's the question for us what are we asking for? What are we asking for? If we really believe that God is able to do these things, what are we asking for? A bigger house, a nicer car, more happiness. I don't know know if there's anything wrong with, with, with those things, but that should not be the focus of our prayer. Are we asking, believing that God is able to save that lost family member? Are we asking and believing that God is able to bring back that wayward son or daughter to himself? Do you believe that God is able to heal and restore your marriage? Like, Do you believe that God is able to bring about revival? Are we praying in a certain way because we believe that God is able to do these things? What are we asking for? Third, God is able to do what we think. He says, God is able to do far more abundantly all that we ask or think. Here's a sobering thought for you this morning. God right now knows your thoughts. Before you ever articulate your prayer, He already knows. So right now, God knows this morning. If your thoughts are, God, I just want to love you more. I want to pursue you. I want to be more obedient. Lord, I'm just so thankful to be here. God knows if you're thinking, man, pastor, are you almost done? God knows if you're already thinking about lunch. God knows if you're anxious and stressed about things that are coming. God knows these things. Hear me. Hear me. This is either sobering or encouraging. That right now, God knows things that no one else in this room knows about you. He knows them. He knows things that you don't even know about yourself because God is all-knowing. He's all-knowing. He knows. He's able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think. Notice what he says, that he's able to do far more abundantly. It's almost as if Paul's now trying to make up words to explain how God is able to do this. The CSB translates this above and beyond. The New Living Translation translates this infinitely more That God is able to do above and beyond, far more abundantly, infinitely more than all that we could ask or think. God is able, and look what he says, according to the power at work within us. This harkens us back to earlier in the book where he talks about the power that raised Christ from the dead. The resurrection power that raised Christ from the dead is at work in you. The Spirit of God indwells you if you are His child, and He is able. So here's a point of application. God is able to do extraordinary things through ordinary people. He does it from cover to cover in the Bible. Does extraordinary things through ordinary people like you and I because there is no limit to what God can do. If you say, Pastor, I'm ordinary. Like I don't have much to offer. What can God possibly do through me? I would submit to you, just yield to Him and let's see what He can do just yield. Because he can do far more abundantly than all that we could ask or think. He's able. One person writes this, God can do more in response to one prayer than we can do in 100 years of planning and prodding. God can do more in response to one prayer than we can do in 100 years of planning and prodding and trying to figure it all out. Because God is able. So on the way back uh, from Florida yesterday, I was listening to um, some music, and somebody in the church had recommended. I listened to the new Crowder uh, CD. I think it's called Milk and Honey." Um, and so I was listening to, to one of his songs, and, and these are the words, and I was like, man, that's perfect for the sermon. It says, "Praise him, praise him, Praise the everlasting king. Praise him, praise him. He's over everything. Who's going to stop the king? No one, no one. Listen. There has never been a person on this planet who has successfully thwarted the purpose of God. No one. People have tried. Pharaoh tried to thwart the purpose of God. How'd that end up for Pharaoh? Haman tried in the book of Esther to thwart the plan of God, to annihilate the Jewish people. How'd that wind up for Haman? Herod, King Herod tried to thwart the plan of God by having these babies killed. How'd that wind up for Herod? Saul at one point in his life was trying to thwart the plan of God. How'd that end up for Saul? It actually ended up pretty well for him, because Jesus Christ changed his life and he saved him. Listen, God has a purpose, and no one can stop our king. No one, no one can stop his purpose. So the question for us is, are we going to be yielded? Are we going to trust in him and the power that is available in us? But look what he says. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power and work within us. And this is key. To him be glory. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. To him be the glory in the church. God is glorified in His church. God is glorified through His church. Look, we're, we're dealing with people today who are trying to deconstruct their faith, who are trying to deconstruct the church, who are trying to isolate themselves from the church because the church has all kinds of problems and they're distancing themselves from the church. Listen, don't do that. Because God is glorified in His church. Yes, does His church have struggles? Yes. Yes. Is there divisions, unnecessary divisions, in the church of Jesus Christ? Yes. Is the church of Jesus Christ guilty of failing? Are pastors guilty of failures? Are church members guilty of failures? Yes, because we're an imperfect people. But the worst thing to do is to say, I'm done with the church because of their failures. What I would argue is find a church who's actually living for Jesus and be a part of that church. Because there's a lot of churches who are seeking to live for the glory of Christ. Yes, there's a lot of bad ones out there who aren't in it for the glory of God. But don't let them turn you off. Rather, find a place who will love you and love Jesus and seek His glory. And I believe Northside is that place. So don't draw away from the church, but pull in closer. God has a purpose for His church. We are to glorify Him personally. We're to glorify Him privately. But we are also to glorify Him corporately. And publicly, the church brings glory to God. He says, in the church and in Christ, John 17, 1, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you. And then he goes on to say this, and in Christ Jesus, throughout all generations, that's history, throughout generation after generation, may it result in your glory forever and ever. That is eternity. So let me make a couple points of application before we close first point of application is this. It is never an issue of God's power. It is never about is God able? Is he powerful enough? Is he sovereign enough to do fill in the blank? It is never an issue of God's power, but a matter of his good and perfect will. So what are you praying for? And does your prayer line up with the good and perfect will of God. Does your prayer, your desires, what you want, is it for the glory of God? Or is it really just for the advancement of self? What are you longing for? What are you praying for? It's never an issue of, is God able to do this? Yes, God is able right now just to make money rain from heaven. I mean... He made manna rain from heaven, right? Why can't he make money rain from heaven? He's able to do it. He's not doing it. I wouldn't mind if he did. He's not doing it. Does it mean he's not able? No, it's just not part of his good and perfect will at this moment to just rain money down from heaven. He's able. He has the power to do it. So then here's the other point of application for us. God is able. You and I must be willing and we must be yielded. Whatever you're praying for in your life, God's able to do it. But are you yielded and are you willing to receive His will and to live out the purposes of His life? Listen, we're going to get into some difficult stuff in chapters 4, 5, and 6. Things that if you and I live out these chapters, we are going to be so different than the world. And God is offering you the power and the ability to do it. The question is, are we willing to yield and to obey Him? To do what He says, even if it means the world will isolate us and laugh at us. So, here's what I want to do in closing. Reading a a book this week while I was down in in Florida, talking about a follower of Christ, trying to finish up this book. And and one of the points the author makes is that a Christ follower is God-dependent. That we are to be dependent upon God for His love, for His power, that we are to be dependent upon Him. John fifteen 5, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Whoever remains in me and I in him, he it is who bears much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. But Jesus is clear, apart from Him, you can do nothing. But through Him, right, we can do all things. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So, so I read in, in this book something that um, just really convicted me. Because I think it's true of me. And and so this is is what I read. Accompanying the absence of God dependence is a low-risk lifestyle or ministry where we are not attempting anything that requires the Lord to show up. So I think we can be guilty of one of two things now hopefully you're not guilty of either of these you're just loving jesus and being obedient and trusting him and stepping out in faith for some of us here's what we have learned my wife and i've talked about this somebody and I were talking about this a couple weeks ago here's what we've learned that when we step out in faith and we really begin to trust god and we're in his word and we're praying and, and we're doing living out these commands and we're really just stepping out and trusting in christ to do something through us, here's what happens. Satan takes notice, and Satan begins to attack you. And we don't like that. And so we have learned, when I'm really following Jesus and stepping out in faith, Satan and his minions, demons, come after me. And so what's the easy thing for us to do? Just to kind of step back and say, nope, I'm just going to live this simple, easy lifestyle I don't really want to be all in on following Jesus because I don't want that spiritual warfare. But hear me, that's not God's plan for our life. God's plan is that we step out in faith and we trust Him and and that we storm the gates of hell with water pistols if necessary and we're just all in and we know Satan is going to come after us but that's why we have the words in Ephesians chapter 6 so that we can stand firm when those attacks come. So some of us, that's where we are. We've tried it. We didn't like the attacks so now we're living this comfortable life and we're not dependent upon God. For others, sometimes the problem is because we're not really depending upon God and we like things safe, we just like to do things that we can control. We like things easygoing. And so the reality is we're doing good things in our life, but none of those good things really requires the power of God. You're able to do it all in your own strength. But God's not asking us to live in our own strength. He's asking us to step out in faith so that His Spirit can fill us and empower us. So right now, right now, there may be something and you may be able to specifically identify it. Like right now, you may start squirming a little bit. There may be something right now in your life that God has specifically laid upon your heart and He has said, I want you to do this. But you know to do this requires the power of God because you can't do it in your own strength. Are we willing to pray, God, may I be strengthened with your power so that I can go out and tell my coworker about Jesus Christ tomorrow? Because I can't do that in my own strength. God, you're asking me, I've had an opportunity to teach a Sunday school class, and I cannot do this in my own strength. I'm not comfortable, but will I trust in your power to do it? Maybe husbands, men, God's leading you to take a more active role in your family, to be that spiritual leader, and you're like, look, I can't do it. I don't know how to do it. I'm not equipped. My father didn't do it, and I, I don't know. But listen, you just step out in faith, I, I, whatever that looks like, and let the power of God work in you. Ladies, maybe you're struggling with, man, how, how do I step up when my husband's not willing to do that? And, and I don't know, and it's just easy to step back and just to keep things where they are. But I'm asking you to step out in faith and to trust in the power of God at work in your life. Maybe God's asking you to change jobs or I mean, just asking you to do something that you're like, look, I, I don't know if I can do that. Here's one. Maybe God has convicted you about tithing. About giving, and you're like, I'm looking at my finances. I've got a budget. This, wouldn't, this is going to be a step of faith to be able to do this. Listen, just trust in the power of God. He's able to supply your needs, He's able to provide for you. So, will we, as we enter into this season of, of Christmas, of looking forward to the coming of Christ, as we live in between His first coming and His second coming? Are we going to walk as people who believe that that child wasn't just a baby, but that was Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who has saved us from our sins, who dwells in our hearts through His Spirit, and has empowered us to live out His purpose and His will? Will we live as people who are sent on mission for Christ? Would you close your eyes and bow your heads? Father, You are the Almighty all powerful god you are father you are creator you are ruler you have unlimited resources and through faith in jesus we are indwelt by the spirit of christ all the power god that we could possibly need is available to us father this morning maybe there is somebody who is who is addicted who comes from a family of addicts A family, Lord, who just made a mess of their life. And and they're thinking, I'm not any better than that. I can never move beyond that. This is who I am. But Jesus, you have a different word that you would speak to them. Your word is, no, you are all-powerful. That you can rescue them from that addiction. That you can save them and transform them and clean up that darkness within their heart. Father, maybe this morning there's a marriage who is... On the outside, Lord, they seem like they've got everything together, but they're struggling. Father, your power can heal that relationship. Father, maybe there is relationships that are severed and broken this morning. Father, your power can heal those relationships. Father, maybe this morning we came with bitterness in our hearts and were angry and we refuse to forgive someone else. And in our own strength, we can never say, I forgive you. We can never say, I'm sorry, forgive me. But the power of Christ in us enables us to do that father maybe it's a sin maybe it's a a habit father maybe it's a pattern of our life right now God will we trust you right now father as we sing about how great our God is will we stop playing games and will we actually fully surrender and say God you are able I'm trusting You. I'm going to step out in faith. God, You will work and You will move if we will just trust You. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand as we worship together. I'll be here at the front if you need prayer. The altar is open if you want to come and kneel and pray up front. Let's sing together.
0: The splendor of King Clothed in majesty Let all the earth rejoice All the earth rejoice He wraps himself in light And darkness tries to hide And trembles at his voice trembles at his voice. How great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. And all will see how great
1: for a moment, we just want to be still. God, just remind us that you are God, and that you are able to do far more abundantly than all that we could ask or think according to the power that is at work within us. Amen. Amen. You may be seated for just a moment. We got some announcements I want to go over really quick before Ken closes us with the word of prayer. Let me get my bulletin here. On your way out this morning, as soon as you leave to the left, you'll see a bulletin board. We still have a few tags. There's not many left. There's a few Tags left for the Christmas Bridging the Gap Christmas and Coweta program. So if you didn't grab one of those last week, you may want to get out there really quick. We have a Ladies Progressive Dinner on Friday, December 3rd. Ladies, pay attention to that. Uh, next Sunday, we have a new members class. We're going to meet during the Sunday School Hour right here in the Fellowship Hall. So if you have recently joined or you're thinking about joining, um, even if it's a possibility, we only offer these once every three to six months. So let me encourage you to come at 930. Uh, Next week, we'll have breakfast for you. Um, Also, notice uh, there's an announcement in there about an ugly Christmas sweater day uh, that our young uh, adult Sunday school class is going to promote. David and the Madsids are under the weather this morning. They'll be back next week, and I'm going to let him uh, share a little bit more about that and what that's going to look like uh, on that Sunday as we get to just have some fun um, as a church family. I think that's all the announcements Church conference is tonight after Awana, so please uh, make sure that'll start around 7.15. So please be here for that. Ken, if you'll come, let me remind you that if you're going to give to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, you need to put that in a specific envelope. If you just put cash in there and we don't know it's designated for that, it's just going to go into the general fund. So please use the envelopes for that offering. Ken, if you'll come. If If you'll stand, we'll be dismissed with a word of prayer.
3: Well, I've you, you do have the power of suggestive thinking every time I go to Kroger now I look for goobers and I was not thinking of lunch until you mentioned it today <laughs> thank you Can we pray please what an awesome place we're in When we're in the presence of you, God, we pray over these shoe boxes that are going to go out. The message is, message is eternal and so important. Any time of year, but especially this time of year, Lord. Like the one phrase in the Christmas carol we sung this morning. O oh, hush ye men of strife and hear the angels sing whatever that strife is fill in the blank just shut it out so we can hear the angels go with us this week Lord keep us safe keep us in your arms us to live by the words that pastor had to give to us today in Jesus name amen